Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist. A confidence boost before your interview. Or a last minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people. And you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, The Human Comedy. The starring players... This is Mickey Rooney. And this is Frank Morgan. with great pride and genuine pleasure that the Lady Esther Screen Guild players present tonight a motion picture that is certain to be in the Academy Award group this year, Metro-Golden-Mayer's The Human Comedy by William Soroyan. Our radio adaptation, which is necessarily condensed from the picture, stars Mickey Rooney as Homer McCauley and Frank Morgan as Mr. Grogan. Ladies and gentlemen, The Human Comedy. Mr. Grogan, wake up. Wake up, please. Uh, Mr. Grogan, they're calling you, Mr. Grogan. Oh, what? what's uh, Mr. that? Mr. Grogan, your telegraph key is going. They're trying to get a message through. That was Homer who just roused me from my uh, <coughs> untimely nap. Homer McCauley, our new messenger boy. He's working nights now, attending school by day, because his father is dead, and his brother Marcus has gone off to war and his family needs the few dollars he can make. You'll challenge my assertion, naturally, but I contend that Homer is a lucky boy. And if you ask me why, well, listen to my telegraph key. That's no ordinary sound, you know. That's the heartbeat of our little town. It's joys and hopes, it's sorrows and despairs. A moving record of the things men do and of the things they don't. Success, 
Contract signed. Return tomorrow. Failure. Wire $20. Urgent. Start. Baby arrived last night. And finish. Father died this morning. All of it. Everything. Good and bad. Light and dark. All of it there in the music of that telegraph key. Real music. Straight from the world. Straight from the hearts of people. The music of life itself. Yes, I assure you, Homer McCauley is a lucky boy. Here in this office, he's going to learn about life. Here I am, Mr. Grogan. I'm back every one of those telegrams delivered. Well, that's fine, my boy. I should think you're just what this office needs in the <laughs> night shift. Probably the fastest moving thing in the San Joaquin Valley. Well, I... I've got a bicycle, of course. Yeah, of course. How do you like being a messenger? Oh, I think it's great, Mr. Grogan. You go different places, meet different people. Yes, a fella gets around a bit. How did you sleep last night? Oh, I was pretty tired, but I slept all right. A little sleepy in school today, I presume. Yes, sir. Uh, what subject? Ancient history. Yeah, it's a pity they don't make those old things more interesting. Bring them up to date. But, Mr. Grogan, if they, if they bring them up to date, yes, don't well, you there are a might... few things I want to tell you, my boy. Now, don't go too fast. No, sir. Get there quickly, but not too quickly. Yes. Be polite to everybody. Take mm. off your cap in the house. Yes. And above all, don't lose a telegram. No, sir. If anything else comes up, just ask me about it. Oh, uh, well, something has come up, Mr. Grogan. Yeah? Um, about the singing telegrams. Oh, there's uh, nothing to them, my boy. You, uh, you've got a pretty good voice, haven't you? Well, they used to let me sing in the First Presbyterian Church when I went to Sunday school. Well, that's fine. That's exactly the kind of voice we want. Now, let's, let's say someone sent me a birthday greeting. Huh? No one would, you understand. I haven't anyone. But just let's say they did. Now, let's see how you do it. Well, I'd, uh, I'd do, do it something like this. Uh, Mr. Grogan? Yeah? <clears throat> ha happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Grogan. Happy birthday to you. Well, thank you, my boy, and the same to you. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Only, uh... You wouldn't say, dear Grogan. You'd say, dear Mr. Grogan. No illusions of grandy, you understand. Just the company rules. Oh, yes, sir. Happy birthday to you. you no, know, that's just that... once. That's enough. <clears throat> well, it's 10 o'clock, my boy. Time for a little Epicurean diversion. And I have right here in my desk two supreme examples of the culinary art. Well... They look like pies to me, Mr. Grogan. Well, and pies they are. Let us feast on them together, my boy. From now on, you and I are friends. Yes, sir. I toast you in coconut cream. Your very good health. Uh, oh, and, and uh, the, the same to you, sir. Mm. You understand, Homer, friendship is an active state. On occasion, I shall ask you to run an errand or join me in song or sit and talk with me. Uh, run an errand, sing a song, talk. I can, I can do all of that. <clears throat> Is there anything else, sir? Uh, yes, well, there's a rather delicate matter. In the event of drunkenness... Huh? Mine, not yours. 
I shall count on you to see that I am able to perform my duties here. Me? Oh, what, what could I do? Well, if I do not respond when shrugged, a splash of cold water in the face. This is to be followed by a cup of black coffee. Yes, sir. In the street, however, the procedure is quite different. If you behold me lost in the embrace of alcohol, you will greet me, but make no reference to my condition. I'm rather a sensitive man, and I prefer not to be the object of public solicitude. Uh, cold water and coffee in the office. Greetings in the street. <clears throat> you have it all clear? Yes, sir, but I, but I guess there's more to this telegraph business than I thought there was at first. <laughs> Come on down. Breakfast is ready. Okay, coming, Ma. He's doing his exercises, Mother. Leg developers. You'd think he got enough delivering telegrams. Morning, Bess. Morning, Ma. Gosh, I'm hungry. Um, Homer. Oh, I wouldn't forget to say grace, Ma. Not me. Uh, be present at our table, Lord. Be here and everywhere I adore tomorrow. I'm in paradise with thee. And let me win the 220 low hurdles I'm in. Uh, Bess, will you pass the cream, please? Homer, except for the hurdles, you didn't even know what you were saying. Oh, I know, all right. I may say a little fast because I'm hungry, but I can say it slowly, too. After all, it's just the spirit of the thing. <clears throat> what what the words mean. And uh, what do the words mean? Well, they, they, uh, they mean what they say. And what do they say, Homer? Well, uh, oh, well, uh... Be present at our table, Lord. Well, Ma, Lord means a lot of things, and I guess all of them are good, but be here and everywhere adored. Well, that, that means be uh, <clears throat> to love the good things here and everywhere else, and and uh, these creatures bless the, uh, the, the the creatures. That's you and Bess and Brother Marcus in the army, myself and everybody. And uh, <clears throat> bless means to uh, uh, bless. Uh, Bless. Yeah. Well, maybe to forgive. I, I don't know. Love her to watch over something like that. Grant that we may feast in paradise with you. Mom, doesn't that mean that if you're right, you feast in paradise every time you sit down at the table? That's about right, Homer. But what about the 220 low hurdles? Oh. Oh, well, that, that's in the track meet this afternoon. I just got to win it, Mom. And, well, maybe I need a little help. <laughs> And so another day begins for Homer. A day like any other day and still quite different from the rest. A day when Homer learns a little more of life. There's a girl, you see. Her name is Helen Elliott and she's in Homer's class at school. Not that she's overly aware of him, of course. A boy who's a telegraph messenger at night. No. <laughs> Helen, I'm afraid, is interested in someone else. And Hubert Akeley III, whose father happens to be very rich. Hubert rather likes Helen, too. And besides, he runs the 220 low hurdles. So I imagine it's quite understandable if Homer picks a quarrel right in class. Hey, Hubert Akeley III, what did he ever do, or Hubert Akeley II or the first, for that matter? Well, at least no Akeley's ever been a common fanfaron. Boy! Fanfaron! Miss Hicks, what does that mean? Homer, I've told you to... Oh, he's just ignorant, Miss Hicks. Hubert? Listen, number three, don't you start calling me names I never heard of before. <laughs> a fanfaron is a common larrikin. A hoodlum. A braggart. Ah, sit out. Sit out a fanfaron. <laughs> Homer, Macaulay, and Hubert Akeley will remain in their seats after school. 
after school, but Miss Hicks, what about the track meet? I'm not interested in the track meet. But but Coach Blenton is counting on me to win the 220 low hurdles. He told my father... Hubert, that... neither Coach Blenton nor your father is in charge of this class. You and Homer will remain here after school. Of course, you boys must realize I... I didn't keep you in just to punish you. Then why? I've always kept in only those who meant the most to me. But, Miss Hicks, isn't it... Well, isn't it a little inopportune today? What my children appears to be on the surface is no matter to me. I'm not fooled by gracious manners or bad manners, such as I saw in this classroom today. Well, he had no right to talk about me. Say, what's the matter with you? You seem to think you're better than anyone else. You think that you're Homer. all... Uh, Someday you will both learn that every man in the world is better than somebody else. And not as good as somebody else. In a democratic state, every man is equal to every other man. Up to the point of exertion. And then every man is free to exert himself to do good or not. To go nobly or foolishly. Miss Hicks. Differences, yes. But no special privileges. And you boys will begin to be men. Real men. When, in spite of your differences, you learn to understand and respect each other. That's what we call being civilized. Pardon me, Miss Hicks. Mr. Blenton? I have instructions from the principal regarding Mr. Akeley. It's very unusual, I believe. He's to get into this tracksuit immediately and run the 220 low hurdles. But what about me, sir? Mr. McCauley? Hubert, we're waiting. Come along. Coming, sir. Did you see that, Miss Hicks? All right, is that special privilege or not? I don't blame Hubert Akeley. It was Blenton's fault. I suppose that's civilized. I've seen lots better men pushed aside by Blenton's kind. The kind who go through life crooked, cheating, toadying to those they think are their superiors, crowding out men who try to play fair. The 220 low hurdles. Low indeed. Blenton will be jumping over them all his life. Miss... Miss Hicks, don't don't feel so bad, please. No. Don't cry like that. Look, I'll, I'll stay in. I, I have it coming. Not much. You're going out there, too. Huh? Oh, gee, Miss Hicks, I, I never knew teachers were human like everybody else. And, and better, too. Homer, when you leave this school, long after you've forgotten me, I'll be watching for you in the world. I'll never forget you, Miss Hicks. I'll be watching today, too. Homer McCauley, you go out in that field. And mind you, you go out to win. And so ends Act One of William Saroyan's The Human Comedy, starring Frank Morgan and Mickey Rooney. The Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present Act Two in just a moment. But first, a word from our hostess, Lady Esther. Have you ever had an experience like this? Have you ever had someone say something about you that wasn't true? Someone you thought was a friend? It comes as sort of a shock, doesn't it? You feel so hurt and distressed because you trusted and believed in that false friend. Well, you know, certain shades of face powder can be like false friends. For though women may trust and believe in them, these shades of powder may lie about their age may even make them look a little faded, a little older. 
but oh, what a really kind friend certain other shades of face powder can be. Now I hope you aren't the innocent victim of a wrong shade of face powder. A shade that looks beautiful in the box, but when you put it on your face, people think you look older than you are. Because you know there is a shade, your lucky shade, that can make you look younger and lovelier than any other. And to make it easy for you to, d to discover that one, that perfect, that right shade for you, I'll send you free all nine true shades of Lady Esther face powder. Just send me your name and address on a penny postcard, and you will receive all nine free. Try them, one after another, on your skin, before your own mirror. When you come to the one that seems to add depth and tone to your skin, seems to make it look smoother, fresher, and younger, you'll know that's it. You'll know that's the shade for you, your lucky shade. So don't miss this opportunity to try all nine shades free. Send your name and address on a penny postcard to Lady Esther, Chicago. That's all the address you need. Lady Esther, Chicago. And now, Act Two of Metro Golden Mayor's The Human Comedy, starring Mickey Rooney as Homer McCauley and Frank Morgan as Grogan. Homer won his race this afternoon, the 220 low hurdles, and beating Hubert Akeley III made it a memorable victory, you may be sure. But Homer isn't finished for the day. He has another victory to win tonight, a more important victory over himself. Gosh, Mr. Grogan, the way I feel tonight, I could deliver ten times as many telegrams as these. Any more to go? Just this one, Homer. It's right on your route. Sure. Uh, I think you'd better read it first. Oh, okay. Uh, Miss Helen Elliott. Uh, horse feathers. I'll quit before I deliver this. Well, well, what's the matter? Someone you know? Helen Elliott, and I hate her. Hate? That's a very strong word, isn't it? Well, I guess I don't exactly hate her. I uh. guess I love her more than anything in the world, but, but I'm not going to sing her a birthday telegram from Hubert Akeley III. Well, of course, this is a problem, Homer, but everyone's got problems, you know. Uh, not like mine. Not exactly, maybe, but, well, take me, for example. I have to sit here and watch all these messages come through. And sometimes I know they'll make people happy, and sometimes I know they'll feel pretty bad. Gee, that's, that's your job, Mr. Grove. That's what I'm trying to tell you, my boy. It's more than a job. It's a sort of privilege. We two, we're just alike. Well, we like a filter for all the emotions in this town. I never thought of it like that. I guess I better be getting out of my route. They're <laughs> all making so darn much noise at their party they can't even hear the bell. Ah, oh, why don't they open the door and... Well, if it isn't Mr. Homer McCall. Oh, you stay out of this, Hubert. I, uh, I have a telegram for Miss Helen Elliott. Why, Homer? Uh, uh, Miss Elliott, this telegram. Don't open my uh, telegram. I'll take it, please. No, no, no. It's not that kind. I mean, I'm, I'm supposed to. I, 
I have to... I... <clears throat> have... Have... <laughs> Happy, happy, happy birthday to you! Happy birthday to you! Happy birthday, dear Helen! Happy birthday to you! Sign Hubert Akeley the third. Oh, Hubert, how sweet! Oh, sign here, please. Of course. Did you hear that, everybody? Hubert sent me a thing. Say, uh, say, Homer. Look, Hubert, I ought to give you a lump on the head. Why didn't you send her something by American Express? I I didn't think you'd get sore, Homer. Well, you didn't think I was going to like it, did you? Well, I guess maybe I wasn't so clever. Well, I, I guess I was just trying to get even. Gosh, losing that race made me look pretty silly with Ellen. You don't have to worry about that. I, I hate her. You do? I haven't got any time for girls. I'm too busy. I've got, I've got too much work to do. Honestly, I'm sorry about everything, Homer. Gosh, I, I'd like to be friends. Well, would you shake hands? Well, okay, I'll, I'll shake. I, I guess a fellow might as well be civilized. Well, I did it, Mr. Grogan. I, I stood right up and sang that song like a... I... Mr. Grogan. M- Mr. Grogan. Wake up. Wake up, will you, sir? Gosh. Uh, oh, I guess this is the time for the water. Uh, Honestly, Mr. Grogan, I, I don't uh, like to do this at all. Just uh, because you told me to. Uh, uh, <laughs> there. Uh, well, Mr. Grogan, you told what? me to splash your cold water, remember? Oh, uh, yes. Yes, yes, there's a... Uh, Homer, there's a telegram there on the desk. Yeah. We've got to Look, deliver now, this. Yeah, deliver it, yes. All right, now, don't, don't worry, Mr. Grogan. No, I'll, the... I'll deliver it, and then I'll get right back here and fix you up. Yeah. Oh, on the desk, he said I can't... Deliver. I guess this is it. Uh, Mrs. Rose Sandoval, the War Department regrets to inform you that... Gee... No, no wonder. Yes? Who is it, please? A telegram from Mrs. Rose Sandoval, 1129 G Street. Are, are you Mrs. Sandoval? Oh, telegram. Oh, please. Please come in. I, I, uh, I cannot read English. I... What does it say, this telegram? Well, it says... Oh, oh no. Open first the telegram. You... You read it for me, yes? Who... Who sent the telegram? My son, Juan Domingo? Tell me. Who? It's from the War Department, Mrs. Sandoval. War Department? It says... Mrs. Sandoval, it says that your son is dead. Dead? Oh, no. Oh, no, you... You are a good boy. You would not bring me bad telegrams. Mrs. Sandoval, I, no, no, I wish... Do not be afraid. Sit down, please. Here, here, eat candy. It's Mexican candy from cactus. All boys like candy. You... Now, now you tell me telegram is wrong, yes? No. No. Oh, my little, little boy... Oh, mi Juanito. Mi muchachito. Gee. Gosh. Uh, 
Is that you, Homer? Did you deliver that telegram? Yes, sir. Yes, sir, I, I delivered it, Mr. Grogan. My boy, I, uh, I should like to thank you for your recent ministrations on my behalf. You carried out your orders perfectly, as witness my complete, shall we say, renaissance. You were cool-headed, efficient, and were... What is it, Homer? Something disturbing you? Mr. Grogan, people are in such trouble, and what can you do about it? Well, what do you want to do about it? Oh, I don't know exactly how to say it, but ever since I started working here, everything seems changed. Everything seems so different, I... I feel lonely, and I don't know what I'm lonely for. Perhaps the loneliness you feel has come to you because you're learning things. You're growing up. You know, Mr. Grogan, when a fellow starts finding out about people, like, like that woman tonight whose son was killed, almost everything a fellow finds out is sad, isn't it? Yes, Homer, it is. Why? Well, you'll find out. No one can tell you. Uh, by the way, Homer, here's a letter for you. Oh, for, for, for me? Yes, I, I must have been <sighs> too occupied to give it to you before. Say, it's it's from Marcus, my brother Marcus. Oh. <laughs> Can you imagine he, he sent it to me? Well, what does he say? Let's see. <clears throat> Dear Homer, first of all, anything of mine at home is yours. My books, my phonograph, my records, my clothes, when you're ready to fit into them. <laughs> My bicycle and my... Gee, I'm glad he gave that to me, Mr. Grogan. I had to borrow it to get this job. <laughs> uh, my, my microscope, my fishing tackle, and all the other things of mine at home. Yeah. I give them to you because you are now the man of the Macaulay family. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea what is ahead. I'm terribly afraid. I'm terribly afraid. But I know that when the time comes, I shall do what is expected of me. I may be killed in this war. I must come right out and tell you this. I don't like the idea at all. I hope to come home and spend many more years with you and our mother and sister and brother. It is very likely that we shall be leaving soon for action. This may be my last letter for some time. I hope it is not the last of all. When you read this letter, do not be unhappy. I'm glad I am the Macaulay who is in the war. For it'd be a pity and a, and a, a mistake if, if, if it were you. You're the best of the Macaulays. You must go on being the best. I shall be watching you. You are what we are fighting the war for. Yes, you, my brother. I miss you very much, boy. I can't wait until I see you again. When we meet, I'll let you wrestle me. Put me down on my back in the parlor in front of Bess, Ulysses, and maybe even Ma. I'll be so glad to see you. And if I don't, if I don't come back, Homer, don't feel like this is the end. Do not believe I'm gone. Do not let the others believe it. I'm depending upon you to keep the family together. Remember, remember the end is only the beginning. God bless you. So long, boy. Your brother Marcus. That's uh, a very fine letter. Mr. Grogan, if Marcus is killed in this war... Homer, Homer, Homer. 
He said that you're the man of the family now. I'm sorry. I guess I'm not used to thinking about people dying. That's part of learning about life. You're tired, my boy. Go on home and get some sleep. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tired. Good night, Mr. Grogan. Good night, Homer. Yes, tomorrow is another day. Thank you, Mickey Rooney and Frank Morgan, for appearing with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players tonight in the human comedy. And thanks to Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer Studios also for assisting us in its presentation. It was our pleasure to be here, Mr. Bradley. We know what fine work the Motion Picture Relief Fund does in our industry. Now I'd like to take just a minute to mention the other members in the cast of the picture who didn't appear in tonight's condensed radio version. James Craig, Marsha Hunt, Faye Bainter, Ray Collins, Van Johnson, Donna Reed... Jack Jenkins, Dorothy Morris, John Craven, Anne Ayers, Mary Nash, Henry O'Neill, and David Holt, who played Hubert Eckley III, both in the picture and on the air. Thank you, Mickey. We hope you and Mr. Morgan will be with us again soon. Happy birthday, Mother, by the way. And now, before we hear about next week's program, here's a word from one of America's best-known beauty authorities, Lady Esther. You know, if you were to come to me and say... Lady Esther, what shade of face powder should I use? What shade will flatter my skin most? I couldn't tell you. Nobody could tell you. There's only one way to find out. Try the basic shades of face powder right on your own skin. And I'm going to make it possible for you to do that. To find the one shade of face powder that's most flattering, most becoming to your skin. The shade that does most to make you look younger. For I'll send you, without cost... All nine lovely basic shades of Lady Esther face powder. Then, before your own mirror, you can try one after another until you suddenly discover the shade that makes your skin look fresher, smoother, more youthful. To receive all nine shades of Lady Esther face powder, just send me your name and address on a penny postcard. My address is Lady Esther, Chicago. I'm sorry, but government regulations will not permit me to make this offer in Canada. Next week, the Lady Esther Screen Guild players will present a revival of a great motion picture, Men in White, starring Louise Albritton, James Craig, and Jean Hersholt. This is the Columbia Broadcasting System.